The strangeness of dreams entails that one has to acknowledge that they belong to a different realm in which moral issues have no relevance. This does not mean that dreams are worthless fantasies, on the contrary, or that one should not attempt to think the world of dreams and reality together. So says author Jean-Michel Rabatet in his essay Toward Dream Ethics. In their contradictory, multi-layered nature, dreams reveal to us a domain where our intentions are nullified and our predictions neutered. While attempts to understand this realm through frameworks of logic are rendered futile, the world of dreams practically begs to be interpreted. Rabatay goes on to note, dream and reality have too much in common to be separated, or worse, made to represent each other, as if one side was the real body followed by its shadow. The Dreams. The Dreams is a collaboration between BBC radiophonic artist Delia Derbyshire and playwright Barry Bermage. Broadcast in 1964, the piece was comprised of cut-up interviews Bermage conducted with ordinary people on the single topic of their dreams. These interviews were then stitched together to form a whole and layered over Derbyshire's radiophonic compositions, which act as a musical adhesive binding the disparate voices. Down the street, into a house, through the house, down the stairs, out the back, and I was being chased. And it was a feeling as though the water was coming towards me, and I began to feel very faster and faster, and I ran my clothes were dragging me back. The dreams exemplify early radiophonic production techniques which follow in the lineage of music concrete. First developed in 1948 by French composer Pierre Schaeffer, music concrete is a form of composition where sound is utilized as a raw material. Said sounds may be derived from a variety of sources, musical instruments, the human voice, and the natural world, to name a few. Tape manipulation techniques were used in the production of these compositions. Recorded sound could be played backward, pitched up or down, cut up or extended, subjected to wobulator effects, echo chambers, and so on. Derbyshire was a true pioneer of these techniques and one of the first radiophonic composers to achieve wide commercial success with their compositions, namely for this weird and wonderful theme tune. Much like the original Doctor Who theme tune, which you just heard, The Dreams is an artifact of sonic mystery. Split up into five movements, running, falling, land, sea, and color, this radiophonic symphony exemplifies the spirit of experimentalism that distinguished the early radiophonic workshop era and demonstrates the breadth of Derbyshire's ingenuity as one of the first electronic musicians. For the purposes of this audio doc, we will be focusing on the first and fourth movements, running and sea. Using collage techniques, the dreams represents the universality of people's darkest fears. When I first listened to this work, the interviews, the imagery being described, the anxiety of these people felt comforting in their familiarity. The central proposition in running is the hunt and the escape. So I run along the corridor and I run up the stairs. And uh, some great monstrous shape walks towards me in the corridor. And I run up the stairs. My legs wouldn't go quick enough. And I keep running and running and running. Running and running and running. Uh, up uh, a big slope. 
and my legs wouldn't go quick enough. I was running and I was being chased. There was somebody... In C, it is the threat of drowning. I seem to be drowning. I am going to drown. And I thought, well, it's no use trying to think I'm not uh, going to drown. I am going to drown. And it was frightening and suffocating. In both movements, words no and music combine to create a mutual implication, which is to say, the significance of one is mutable according to the adjustments of the other. To be sure, Derbyshire's musical contribution is more than just background sound. Her scores imbue the sentiments of the disembodied voices with a heightened sense of mystery and alienation. The musical introduction to C is characterized by soft, muffled tones. There are no distinct notes, just rounded out timbres swelling into one another, ebbing and flowing, much like the sea itself, from one resonance to the next. But it was a frightening sea. But the harmonic elements of Derbyshire's score in C stand in stark contradiction to the music of running, defined by a steady andante thudding, underpinning and uniting the diverse array of voices, providing forward-driving momentum to the piece and laying down the sonic landscape over which the first voices are delivered. Let's take a listen to running's introductory bars. I'm being followed and pursued by something. And I could feel that there was somebody behind. I was running and I was being chased. I'm running down the street, into a house, through the house. Down the stairs. Out the back. And I was being chased. Faster and faster. And I ran for all I was worth. My clothes were dragging me back. The first few voices you hear immediately address that they are running away from something, initially an amorphous threat. The paranoid speakers are edited in quick succession of one another, creating a sense of acceleration. Somehow I couldn't stop running. I was running and I fell over the mountain. There's a crocodile chasing me. I was running. There's a crocodile chasing me. I swam as fast as I could to get away from the crocodile. And the crocodile suddenly changed into a lion and then that changed into a tiger. The animals really, I suppose, don't mean to chase me, but because I'm frightened and I run, they follow me up. So I run along the corridor and I run up the stairs. And uh, some great monstrous shape walks towards me in the corridor. And I run up the stairs. My legs wouldn't go quick enough. And I keep running and running and running, running and running and running. Uh, up uh, a big slope. My legs wouldn't go quick enough. The rhythmic pattern of the thudding takes on a twofold implication, that of a heart beating or footsteps. In running, the fears of the speakers can be characterized as relational, which is to say contingent on the presence of a second figure or entity following or chasing the dreamer. The stairs are wide and stone. I can't go right to the top. I just hide around the second corner. Uh, hoping no one will see me, and then if I hear somebody, I sometimes run down the stairs into the corridor. I'm being followed and pursued by something. I'm never quite sure what it is. 
running is dominated by the language of escape, struggle, paranoia. Large stained glass window and I run down the stairs faster and faster and the something which is following gets nearer and nearer and I don't know what it is, I have the feeling that it's something which is about to envelop me in some way. It's just this feeling of being followed. Psychoanalysis would posit that the shadows the speakers describe in running personify everything they refuse to acknowledge about themselves. And uh, some great monstrous shape walks towards me in the corridor. All those thoughts and tendencies, shunned in the court of public opinion, coalesce to form a shadowy mass whose identity is unrecognized by the bearer of the dream. It's neither a man or a woman, it's just enormous black shape. It's uh, just a mass, a mass of something, matter, coming towards me, a great big monstrous looking mass, not a shape, just filling up the corridor. But it's neither a man or a woman, it's just enormous black shape in the corridor, filling up the corridor. It's a crocodile chasing me. I was running away. While C, unlike running, contains no description of looming murky figures stalking the dreamers, the dark hidden depths of the water are equally as sinister. The sea holds particular significance in dreams, revealing the subterranean fears, anxieties, and desires to the conscious mind. Considering the character of the water, its color, and its mood affects the meaning of the dream. Water symbolizes our emotions and further what we may be repressing. That many of the voices in sea describe drowning suggests an inner turmoil overwhelming the speakers. It wasn't a stormy sea, but it was a frightening sea. again and I would surface again come up again then I would go down into the water The overall pace of sea distinguishes itself from running in its protractedness. There are broader gaps between voices who speak in a decelerated manner. My clothes were dragging me back. It was very dark and very deep. The tone of the speakers in sea is defined by resignation. Their attempts to resist the urge to drown are rendered futile. And I thought, well, it's no use trying to think I'm not uh, going to drown. I am going to drown. And it was frightening and suffocating. No reflection in the water. I didn't like it. The sea becomes a space of death. And suddenly all this water became full of other people and other things all falling of other people and other things all falling, all going downwards the same as I was, and chairs and tables and things like this. 
and all these people were all floating downwards through this water, chairs and tables and things like this, and I put my arms up and tried to catch hold of them. And I began to feel very frightened. What both running and sea confer to the listener are the inherently enigmatic qualities of dreams. The phenomena of the dream is both clarifying and abstract in character, vivid and obscure, whole and fractured. To quote Freud in his seminal work, The Interpretation of Dreams, the dream shows how recollections of one's everyday life can be worked into a structure where one person can be substituted for another, where unacknowledged feelings like envy and guilt can find expression, where ideas can be linked by verbal similarities, and where the laws of logic can be suspended. How accurately Freud's idea is expressed in Bramage and Derbyshire's Dream Symphony. The disparate voices stitched together to form one cohesive monologue that sounds as if one person could have spoken it. Individual dreams united by recurring symbols, shared sensations, mutual fears. We bother to analyze dreams because we know dreams provide the light by which the shadowy landscape of our unconscious, contoured by our hidden desires and private fears, becomes illuminated. Dreams present to us the unadulterated versions of ourselves, stripped of delusion and projection. In sleep, we are presented to ourselves as we are, not as we would like to be. Bermange and Derbyshire's symphony is a testament to the universality of people's darkest fears and unrealized wishes. It reveals to us the ubiquity of our anxieties and reminds us of our obligation to be interconnected. With that, the dreams also confers a second truth, that the sharing of one's insecurities and fears is an invaluable component in connecting us with one another and alleviating the private suffering each of us experience in our waking lives. The dreams makes for a profoundly humanizing listening experience and exemplifies the capacity for experimental electronic musical compositions to masterfully render the human condition.